Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Fiona. My passion for sport really started when I was a competitive swimmer. This led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry. I'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good. Each week, I'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world. It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content, then you can check out our Instagram or Facebook page at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. Welcome to part two of my chat with Alana Baldy. If you haven't listened to part one, hit pause now and go and listen. You'll get to hear about Alana's journey in sport and how she got involved into volunteering. In this episode, Alana opens up and shares the lessons that sport has taught her and gives us an insight into the difference sport can make as a tool for social inclusion and where she sees it in the future. She also opens up about the importance of sport and mental health. That's enough from me. Let's hear from Alana. Is there a lesson that you've learned along the way that you want to share? It's a, it's a big, hard question. <laughs> uh, sort of similar to what I said before, you know, never underestimating the power of sport and the power of being resilient. Mm-hmm. There's many times where I guess it would be easy to give up, especially with the challenges we've faced as a society over the last couple of years. Um, you know, as we're coming out of these tough COVID times, you know, I guess 2022 didn't start the way everyone was thinking it would have. And especially for me, having done my ACL, it'd be really easy for me to just say, no, this is all too difficult. But to have that determination and resilience, yeah, that's definitely lessons that I've learned along the way. Because if I was to give up now because I've done my ACL and, you know, awaiting surgery, the two volunteer programs, the disability programs that I run, on a Thursday, those participants would miss out. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there would probably be other people that would step up, but also when people are working nine to five jobs, it's difficult for those programs to run during the day as well. So if I was to say, look, you know, too difficult, my knee's sore, you know, I'm feeling really down, those participants would miss out on playing cricket on a Thursday morning and then being involved in athletics on a Thursday afternoon. So it's, yeah, having that resilience and, determination and again like not underestimating the, what I can achieve mm. even being injured yeah and I, when you're saying that I'm thinking oh there's been times where I've been injured as a, as a swimmer or I've done it in swimming and I had swim teaching things to do or like I was coaching I remember coaching with a broken elbow in a sling that was fun <laughs> but but like if I didn't show up to that class, then it could have been cancelled and that group of kids would miss out. And like things like that, it's like, well, there's so much, like, yes, I can feel sorry for myself because I can't physically swim or I can get up and go do it anyway and help these kids and show that, I guess it's like lead by example. Like, yes, I'm injured, but I still love this sport. I'm still here for you. 
I'm still, you know, involved and being able to do that, like it's tough at the time. Like there's certainly been times where I've been in tears and frustrated because I couldn't even demonstrate an activity properly because I couldn't move. Absolutely. And, And I can relate to that firsthand because I'm in that exact same position at the moment where I can't demonstrate a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if I was to pack it in and say, oh, look, I can't demonstrate, my knee's too sore, I'm feeling really down, again, those participants are most likely going to miss out because mm-hmm. there is other volunteers to help out. And you don't realise at the time that, you know, as you're saying, even though like you had a broken elbow and you were feeling really down and stuff, it's not until after you come back from volunteering you feel so much better about yourself as well and I think you know in this day and age it's so important to take care of your own mental health as well and and really shine a light on that and still being involved whether you're injured or not um, plays a huge part in your mental health. Hmm. I was just about to say like it's the actual act of getting out of the house and doing something other than not wallowing but like feeling sorry for yourself that makes you feel better like I would always leave those sessions happier than when I rocked up kind of like oh I can't demonstrate this and feeling a little bit frustrated of all the things I had to get my mum to put my hair up or something (laughs) yeah absolutely and I was like that last week you know just in the last week or so I've transitioned completely off crunches and I've probably felt the most pain in my knee that I have in the whole eight or nine weeks since rupturing my ACL um, you know, being on my feet more, it's it's swelling a lot more. And obviously being like 35, 36 degree days, most days during the summer up here in the country, um, I have really struggled. And mentally I've been a bit down because, you know, there's competitions going on. I'm seeing all my club mates like from athletics, winning medals and doing really well. And it's would be so easy for me to sit at home every day and yeah I guess not just feel sorry for myself but at times it can be such an effort you know to put things in the car it's difficult for me to carry things or for walk for long periods of time but again getting out there helping other people yes it makes me feel better but I'm also contributing to society and making a difference that I wouldn't be making if I was sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. And you've just transitioned perfectly into our next question, which is, have you been involved in a project where sport's been used as a tool to develop the community? Now, you've been involved in so many projects where it's been used as a tool, but is there one that like really, really stands out to you? Um, I guess there's two. So there's one, yeah, one that's um, very well developed and that would be uh, the GV Harmony Cup, which was started about six or seven years ago by a couple of volunteers at the Shepparton Youth Club United Cricket Club. um, And I was involved in that. And it literally went from 10 to 12 participants with a disability, having a bit of a hit um, around in cricket, you know, just with modified plastic equipment and teaching them the basic skills Uh, Last year, we had over 150 participants from around the Northern Victoria region with a disability, Um, a lot of the special schools from around the area and uh, disability service groups um, participated last year. So yeah, to literally go from a handful of participants to now have 150, that has made a huge difference. Oh my gosh, it's that's 150 life. lives you've changed and not just their lives, but the family's lives. Absolutely, to have them involved and, you know, they go home with like 
Melbourne Renegades handouts and, um, you know, they've come and seen uh, last year there was like a couple of ex-test players through like the ACA cricket program. They come down and be involved like Stars or Renegades players um, that don't have commitments come along each year. So Cricket Victoria do a really great job of um, getting those elite athletes down into the country areas as well so that people with disabilities who may not be able to travel to the city Mm -hmm. have that involvement as well. And yeah, the other program, which is just sort of kickstarting, is a Shepherd and Athletics Club multi-class disability clinic. So Mm -hmm. we're into our third week this week. And at Shepherd and Athletics Club, we have two amazing athletes with disabilities. And so we really want to grow that program and you know, increase our numbers of athletes in our multi-class program at the club. So just prior to Christmas, I was lucky enough to win the club $3,000 grant through the local radio station um, in a Cash for Clubs program. And that's enabled us to be able to buy modified equipment and pay for track hire fees to allow these clinics to go ahead. So I really hope, you know, in two or three years time that you know, we've started off now with four or five participants in each week. Um, in two or three years' time, it will grow to something similar to what the uh, disability cricket program has grown to. Yeah. So how do people get involved in that? If they're listening to this podcast, how do they get involved? So if you jump on to Shepherd and Athletics Club uh, Facebook page or Instagram and you send the club a message, we'll give you um, the details of the time and day of the um, clinic and if you have a disability, how you can get involved at our club as well. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, like we were speaking about before, clubs are the, you know, the real heart of country towns and to be able to be, you know, part of that community is so important. Yes, the physical activity and the exercise is good, but just the community aspect of it, like fantastic. Absolutely. And I can speak firsthand about how that really impacts someone, um, especially since doing my ACL, especially Shepherd and Athletics Club have been so supportive and accommodated of me. Um, simple things like putting a chair out at each event so I can sit there and record for discus or for high jump or shot foot or whatever you know wherever help is needed I can still help out and it's a really big way to keep me involved in the club as an official and as a coach and what it does for my mental health at the moment yeah I can't speak highly enough of of the club and if I wasn't involved I probably would be sitting at home you know feeling sorry for myself and oh you know why me why (laughs) me why did this happen to me but I think everything happens for a reason and whilst at the time you never can understand that reason I think okay you know maybe it's my time not to compete at the moment it's my time to develop my coaching so I have my level two coaching accreditation with Athletics Victoria and I want to work towards my level three throws coaching and also my level two Athletics Australia officiating so yeah maybe this injury happens so I can focus on those things to benefit other people a bit more Mm, yes and not that uh (laughs) the universe always has a plan but maybe it did maybe this is the opportunity to 
work on the coaching and also like this clinic that you're running now, like, would that have had your full attention or would that, would you have been able to put all this time and effort into it if you were still competing? Like, we just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I sort of think of too. And if I was going to offer other volunteers some advice, one thing would be to just really pick one or two projects that you're passionate about because firsthand I've seen, like I've been involved in so much and um, as a volunteer, I often like don't want to say no and I've spread myself a bit too thin. And I was really thinking about that this morning. Like I would be training again, like I'm not at an elite level, but I still put in significant amount of hours to achieve what I did and achieve my goals and PBs last season that yes I still would have done these clinics because I'm very passionate about disability sport but then some other area of my life would be lacking I guess you know and whether that's like a social side which often my friends you know always comment about oh you're always like you're at cricket or you're at athletics or you know whether it be like my master's studies there'd be something that wouldn't be getting as much attention as it needed so yeah I think in some ways the universe does have its way of telling us you know now's not the time for you to be doing this your energy needs to go elsewhere mm, what are you studying I'm doing my master's in sports science oh, fantastic I thought it would be something sporty <laughs> yes yeah um unfortunately fortunately unfortunately I'm not sure which uh having an injury like this I understand you know what it takes to get back to the level that I was at and the long journey that I have ahead. But again, as you said, like, I think the universe just works in, in funny ways. And yeah, it just wasn't my time to be competing at the moment. No, I can use my knowledge from my studies as well to help with my volunteer work. hundred mm, percent. And even like in terms of your injury, like it's really crappy now, but I guess like if you come across someone who has a similar injury, at least you now know exactly how they could be feeling. Like you've been through it yourself. Like you don't have to pretend to feel empathetic. Like you actually have been through it. And I know it's not something that you want to go through or you want to wish it upon anyone, but like you are able to empathize more. Absolutely. Unfortunately, like I did my left ACL when I was about 17, but I only had a tear in it then. I still had to have a full reconstruction, but I never understood the significance of the injury at the time. But now, uh, yeah, completely rupturing my ACL and doing some other damage in my knee. I can really empathize with people. Like, Yes, like firsthand, I'm not in, in their shoes, but I am going through something very similar. And again, it doesn't matter what level of sport you participate in whether it's you know national international state or grassroots level it just has such an impact on your overall life and you know if I can offer someone else just in the local community a bit of advice on you know might just be like small things I've learned in rehab um, Mm -hmm. or you know like if they're not involved as a volunteer somewhere saying hey like I know it's really upsetting about your knee right now but um you know, like, why don't you get involved as an official in your sport or, you know, just go down and see if they need help as a volunteer. And they may not know at the time, you know, the opportunities that will lie ahead for them, but they could be thinking, you know, really negative thoughts because they're injured and missing out on their sport. Mm -hmm. And there's so many other roles to sport than just like the player or the participant. And like, that's what I've found through coaching. I did a little bit of like a technical official training for swimming but I didn't like you, I didn't go down that path too far. Even like 
the admin and like being on the board of clubs and stuff like there's so many little behind the scenes things that you can do to be involved in the sport without actually playing it yourself absolutely and I'm myself and one of my friends at Shepherd and Athletics Club and she's a secretary of our club and we both have the goal of wanting to be officials at the Olympics when Brisbane hosts them and she always says like her goal is to actually rake the sandpit um, for the long jump for the Olympics and you know because we're not going to go to the Olympics as athletes to still be involved in in an Olympic Games would just be absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. They couldn't go ahead without people doing those roles anyway. That's right and people might think that sounds really silly but like I would absolutely love to go to the Olympics in Brisbane as a volunteer and retrieve the discuses or hammer throws or shot puts and you know people thinking like why would you want to do that well I'm not going to get there as an athlete but I want to be involved and you're getting what I think the best seats in the house being out in an arena rubbing shoulders with elite athletes and it's just the connections that you make along the way you never know who you're going to meet there and then the opportunities that'll come from that as mm -hmm. well I think, yeah, people really underestimate the power of volunteering. Mm, and how small the sporting world actually is. Like you don't actually realise, and I probably was a little bit, I knew how small like the swimming world was because I'm like, oh, you know, there's like three connections and you're at Ian Thorpe or something. But yeah. like how small the, the whole sporting world is, I'm sure you've worked it out a little bit now. Um, like it's just like, oh, well. Like I could speak to this person who's related to this person who's best friends with the CEO of Tennis Australia or something. Absolutely. And yeah, I've been really lucky along the way to make friendships um, with people who yeah, are elite athletes or work in elite sporting industries. And they're a wealth of knowledge and connections. And, you know, then you can pass on that wealth and knowledge to somebody who's just starting out as yeah, an official or volunteer. It's what, yeah, I just say never underestimate the power of being a volunteer because honestly, it's given me so much more in life than my own athletics ever could. Oh, I always do like a little pull quote and that is yours. <laughs> just found it. <laughs> so we were speaking a little bit before about like the future of sport it's a very very big question and I, I've left it open for a reason because I want different perspectives but where do you see the future of sport so I know sport is a vehicle for change in society but I think now more so than ever I'm like we were talking about before I really see the future of sport being a more active and important vehicle for change for gender equality, for more diversity in society, uh, for being more inclusive for people with a disability, for our Indigenous community, also for the LGTBIQ plus community. And I think that's all thanks to like the people such as Dylan Orcott, Ash Gardner, Ash Barty, Jared Clifford in athletics, um, being a very passionate Melbourne supporter like Ben Brown and Neville Jeddah do an amazing amount of work, um, you know, using their platform as professional footballers to really advocate for inclusion in society for the groups that they're passionate about. I think, you know, with the power of social media now and things like your podcasts um, to raise awareness and the broadcasts of women's sport um, mm -hmm. and disability sport in TV. So I see that, yeah, going into the future more sport will continue to be a real driver for change 
in our society. And I also think that sport will become an even more important part of um, people's mental health and helping raise conversations and bringing awareness to our mental health because, uh, you know, as we all know, it's sort of been a bit of a stigma around talking about mental health. And I think, um, you know, it sort of starts at the top. A lot of the elite sporting codes really raise awareness and often have rounds dedicated to mental health. And I think if we see it at a, at a top level, it filters down into the community. And I know there's some local sporting leagues around my area that have rounds now dedicated um, to mental health. And I think that will only yet yeah, continue to grow as a, um, you know, using sport in the community as well. Mm, and athletes like, you know, Simone Biles, I even read somewhere, I think it was this morning that Ash Barty took a year off for her mental health from tennis and like athletes at that elite level, putting their mental health first and their sport second. Like, I think that also helps like go, oh, well, like this technically is their job, but they're still putting their mental health first. They're still prioritizing their well-being overall before, you know, a, a performance really, Absolutely. a sports performance. And you see the pressure that was on Simone Biles going into Tokyo. You know, everyone expected her to become one of the greatest Olympians ever and to win gold in, um, in every single one of her events. But she stopped and put her own mental health before a gold medal. And I think to have done it at such a significant event and, you know, for the media to go, oh, wow, hang on a minute, like she's not competing in an event because she wants to prioritise her mental health. I think that's huge. And to see those elite sports people do that, yeah, to have it on TV and over social media, again, it filters down to community sport, which I think is, um, is really important because, again, going back to my point before, it doesn't matter what level of sport you compete at, your mental health has to be such a priority. Mm -hmm. um, and for you to be able to step away and go, hey, you know what? Like, not quite feeling right this week. You know, I want to have a week off cricket or athletics or footy, you know, swimming, whatever it may be, to be able to step up and say that, that's something people wouldn't say five or six years ago. And hopefully, you know, in five or six years' time, it's just an everyday conversation. You know, if you were injured, you wouldn't be playing, mm -hmm. but your mental health, I think, I guess in small rural towns as well, you know, you don't step up and say, oh, hey, like mentally I'm not feeling right because you're worried about the judgment from friends or family. Um, so yeah, I really hope, and I do see sport playing a big part in changing perspectives of, of not just mental health, but lots of different health areas in our mm. community. And like even evolving that to the next level, like being able to say, hey, I'm not feeling great today or this week or whatever. I'm going to schedule in a mental health day from work, for example, which I've done a few of like if my team listening, they're like, oh yeah, when Fiona's on the verge of a little breakdown, I schedule someone to cover my shift at work. So I don't then get physically sick. And I'm like, okay, like I'm just having a day off. I'm doing nothing. I'm spending the day in my pajamas and it's for my mental health. And I might not tell my boss that I'm having a mental health day. My team do I have a fantastic job of like stepping up and being able to, you know, make sure that I get that day off. And I do the same for them. We last year, we had a six or we had seven weeks of like really intense COVID restricted swimming lessons. 
And I, I think most of my team had one day, I gave them one day. I'm like, all right, let's schedule it in. If you need a day off, I'll get your shift covered. I don't care what the reason's for. Like, I think one of my teachers even went to rural Victoria to see their grandkids because that was what they needed to get through. And I was like, yep, let's do it. Like, I don't care what it's for. I just want you guys well. Tan, I can absolutely relate with that. Um, and it's something that I know, you know, even personally, I haven't spoken much about very, very close friends. Um, and I'm talking, you know, maybe only like three or four friends know that. So three years ago, I was diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD. And, you know, I hope that by even speaking about it on this podcast, that people may not know me, but being open enough to say, you know, I have been diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD and three years on, I recognize the signs of, yeah, when I need time out, when I need a mental health day. And as I said, only very few people sort of um, know about it because mm. there was that stigma around, no, I can't tell people this is why I'm feeling like this because I'll be judged and um, especially yeah, being in a, in a small country town, it, you know, unfortunately there's a bit of like tall poppy syndrome and rumours spreading quickly and people misinformed, you know, about information. And so I would hide the fact that I wasn't feeling mentally well. Mm. Um, but now I'm happy to say, look, you know, my anxiety is really bad. I need a break. And I've come across that, you know, in the last eight weeks from, especially doing my knee. Uh, and that's why I say, like, I can't thank the Shepherd and Athletics Club enough for the role that they've played in, especially my mental health the last, you know, eight weeks since being injured because to go down to the club every week and to be included, I need that. I need that for my mental health because, yeah, there are days where I just need a bit of time out and I go sit outside with my dogs or, you know, play with my dogs and just have that time out. I'll put my phone on, like, do not disturb. And I really hope that, you know, said even somebody listening to this podcast who doesn't know me and probably will never meet me just to hear someone speak out about it and go, you know what? Hey, it's actually okay to say, yeah, I have PTSD. I have anxiety to speak about it in a normal conversation, just in the same way as I go, hey, you know what, like I've ruptured my ACL. Why are the two spoken about on such different levels? You know, why when I was first diagnosed with anxiety and PTSD, was I ashamed and yeah, not willing to speak about it? And I said, now I'm speaking about it on a podcast that I have <laughs> no idea, you know, who's listening and the people that are going to hear it. But you know what? I think it's great, great that I've now had the courage to speak out about it. And as you say, like, you know, you supported staff members through needing a break and, um, yeah, looking after their own mental health and sport can play just such a significant role in that, no matter what level of sport you participate in. Mm, and thank you for sharing it on, on the podcast that I also have anxiety. So I do, you know, know how, how it feels like it's it's like a little bit of a <laughs> a rat race sometimes but like being able to open up and go hey you know those feelings or those even like the little behaviors that I have when I am particularly anxious like now being able to tell people like hey I'm feeling anxious like I can't do that or hey like I know this is weird but I need to be the one to drive because I'm anxious and I need to know I can escape at any time <laughs> like little things like that yeah. um and being able to go, well, you know what, 
if someone's listening out there, like you, you're not actually alone in feeling those things and like being able to go, or even just knowing that other people out there are feeling similar things or do have like weird little behaviors because of, you know, the anxiety. It's like, well, okay, like I feel better about myself knowing that they feel it too. That's exactly right. And you said you just don't know like who could be listening to your podcast and said you may never meet them in your life, but they've just heard a message of like everyday people that like, hey, it's okay to speak out about your mental health and um, it's okay to let your sporting club know or you, you know, you don't have to let the whole club know. It's just mm. like, and, you know, this the whole of Shepherd and Athletics Club don't know that I have anxiety or PTSD there's just you know a couple of people do but hey if they're listening to this podcast you know there could be five or six other people at the club or in my community in exactly the same position but unfortunately because of yeah like the stereotypes and the stigma that's been put on mental health we don't speak out about it Mm. and well I think we were talking a little bit before about like it, it could be the females who are, you know, the female involvement in sport and that I guess I'm going to stereotype us and say we're more a little, you know, a little bit more nurturing and we're a bit more traditionally more warm and open to do- talking about these things. So maybe, you know, this female involvement in sport is going to be that driver of social change. Like we've seen it already and the female participation, even in administration roles is only growing. So like, yeah, I think, yeah, sport being a vehicle of change, like, yes, like, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said before, like, Ash Barty's a perfect example. You know, she stepped away from tennis for a period of time. And at that time, if you said to her, you know, you're going to be a three-time Grand Slam champion on three different surfaces, she probably would never have believed you. But she needed to do what was best for her. And she'll look back on that now and say, you know, she probably wishes she might have done that earlier. Like we don't know, mm. but it's a really good example that we can all use and look look at that and look at her as a as an example and say, hey, it's okay to to say, hey, I'm not okay. I need some time out. You know, I can't play sport this week. I need a week off work to focus on my mental health. And yeah, if we can continue to drive that in society and use sport as a vehicle to do that, I think yeah, we'll definitely be in a much better place. Yeah, I think it's an exciting time. Like I know things have been a little bit uneasy the last few years and I was really hoping 2022 would not start off with me in isolation with COVID, but that's what happened. Um, But like the fact that we can use sport as a tool and I guess that's why I started this podcast. It was like, well, I have nothing else to be able to impact the community. So I'm going to use talking about sport to get my message across like we couldn't play sport at that point we were locked in our five kilometers so yeah I guess yeah it being a tool in the toolbox then 100% absolutely you know you've had guests you know like Isis Holt on the podcast before and you're able to advocate for disability sport through your podcast by having her on and hearing about her experiences and you know, then somebody else with a disability may be listening and thinking, hey, okay, like I've learned something from her and I can take that back to my own community. And that's ways, you know, that they can get involved in sport and hearing and seeing that they've got role models to look up to. So yeah, you've done a really good thing by, I really enjoy listening to your podcasts every time they come out. And I think what is really great about them is that you have such diversity as well. You know, we were talking about before, like you don't just focus on 
elite athletes, you know, you speak to all different people in all different aspects of sport, whether it be competition, administration, volunteering. And yeah, I think that's a, a really, a really good thing that you're not focusing on one particular category of people. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. Like I, you're, you're a listener turned guest and it's just, yeah, it's, it's honestly been a pleasure to have you on and speak to you today and, you know, get to know you and or everything that you've done for sport and for your community, because like, I think what you're doing is so, so important and the change that you're making. And even like, think about the people that you're impacting who then can impact other people. Like it's huge. Thank you. Yeah, I guess like, you know, at the time you don't, you don't think about the significance of it, but then as time goes by and you see the evolutions of the different programs and things that I volunteer in, you, yeah, you really see the changes that you can make. And you said like being injured myself now, still knowing there's a way that I can feel really included in society. I think, yeah, that's a really important aspect to highlight that volunteering can just present so many different opportunities yeah yeah there's definitely more roles than just playing the sport 100 (laughs) percent well thank you again alana thank you thank you for listening to this episode of beyond sport with fiona stewart This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.